0: This is Lindsay and Kathy of Kindergarten Kiosk, a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Just like the show you're listening to right now. The opinions expressed are those of individual hosts. Make sure you check out all the other great podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. And now the learning begins in 3, three
1: two, 2, 1... one. Welcome back for another episode of the Leader of Learning podcast, the show where educators can come find inspiration to transform education through effective leadership. I'm your host, Dan Krynas. Let's get started. Leaders of Learning, welcome to episode 32 of the podcast. Uh, I thank you for being with me on this episode, and I have a really great guest for you. Brad Schreffler is not only a fellow podcaster, but someone who is doing some incredible work, uh, not only in his school and district, but also in the education space in general. I was fortunate enough to meet Brad in person at last year's ISTE conference, And he had an amazing Ignite session that tied back to one of the questions and one of the overarching themes that he deals with on his podcast, the Planning Period podcast. And that is the big question in education, or as he calls it, the big Q in EDU. If you haven't yet checked out the Planning Period podcast, I highly recommend it. Brad, as the host, asks each of his guests the same three questions on every episode. And one of those questions really gets his guests thinking about How to change education. If there was one thing that you could change about education, what would it be? When I was a guest on the Planning Period podcast, I spoke about politics because to me, that is like step one in the change process. There are so many things about politics, whether it's the implementation of standardized tests, whether it's funding. To me, uh, some of those things go back to the root cause of maybe the problems that we're facing in education. And let's be honest, teaching and being an educator are not easy. Even so many of us in the profession find things that are wrong with it, complain about it. Maybe even some of us are finding ways to solve some of these problems, but... What Brad is doing through his podcast and through some of his work around this idea of the big Q and EDU is to find out what educators are feeling needs to change. And then hopefully action can be taken to correct these issues. So I'd love for you to take a listen to the interview I did with Brad and get his thoughts on the big Q in EDU and all of the research that he's gathered by asking his guests the same question. My guest in this episode is a fellow Edu podcaster and a good friend of mine, Brad Treffler, uh technology integration specialist down in Orlando, Florida. Brad, welcome to the show. And if you could, just for everybody's sake, uh, introduce yourself. Who are you? What do you do?
0: Uh, Yes. Well, hi, Dan. It's good to talk to you again. It's, um, you know, we've gotten the lucky chance to meet a couple of times in the last few months, which has been nice um, in in person even. Um, But yeah, so I am Brad Schreffler. I am, like you said, I call myself a digital coach at uh, a high school in, or sorry, I just changed. I'm now at a middle school in Central Florida. I got to get used to that. Um, I did the last three years at a high school, integrating their one-to-one program and launching that program. And then now I'm starting over from scratch, starting a one-to-one program at a middle school down here. Um, and when I say large, I mean 2,700 students at a middle school, 6th, 7th, and 8th grade. Uh, in addition, I am a podcast host. I run the Planning Period podcast, which is um, available on iTunes and all that, which is really about me and another educator just kind of sitting down and talking about whatever kind of comes to mind or whatever you're interested in. I, I try, kind of imagine it as the education break room, like just having a casual conversation with someone in the break room in your planning period.
1: Yeah. I I mean, uh, you know, hopefully my listeners are familiar with the podcast because I've been a guest before. Uh, If you haven't heard my episode or any episodes of the planning period podcast, I highly recommend them. Um, And yeah, as far as middle schools go, uh, I don't, I don't know how they do things in Florida, but I know that that school is Huge. As a matter of fact, your school is virtually uh, 90% or so larger than my entire school district here in Connecticut. Uh, and my, I'm in a middle school as well. And my middle school, you said 2,700 students? So that's uh I would say a little over 8 times the size of my school. So Yeah, it's uh, not uncommon for
0: one grade level of ours to be the size of another middle school. Like we just we have more 6th graders in our school than most middle schools have total students plus staff. Uh it's it's a weird situation we have here in the state of Florida sometimes.
1: Well, I, I guess it is what it is. Uh I'm assuming you you do the best you can, but yeah, that's uh that's a large well, student population
0: we like to say at the end of the day every kid is uh, is going to be taught is going to learn and is going to be cared for by someone on our staff so as long as we can do that at the end of the day it's okay.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a great way to look at it. All right. So uh, you mentioned the Planning Period podcast. And and I know, and hopefully, again, my listeners are familiar enough with your show to know that uh, when guests come on, you have not only some really great conversations with them, but you ask them essentially the same three questions. Uh, For my listeners, could you tell them what those questions are?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So my three questions are uh, number one is always the doozy. And that is what is the biggest problem facing education today? Uh, Number two, I ask, what is something that they are doing that they wish all educators would do? And then we round out the third question with who is the greatest teacher you've ever had. Um, and I feel like that progression is a good loose framework to allow us to have some interesting discussions without sort of becoming formulaic or structured in such a way that it feels unnatural. And it's worked out really well for me so far, I feel like. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, I mean, look, I've, I've caught a lot of the episodes and, and I think that uh, the conversations are organic and and from the heart and people really let you know how they feel, uh, even if it does mean having to kind of put it out there lay it all on the line so to speak in terms of what the biggest issue is that they feel is is facing education I mean I've been a guest on the show and and essentially what I said was politics and uh, and at the time and I remember you asked me does that mean like politics in terms of like the government or you know federal or state or is it like at the local level and and I think I said yes you know because it it was kind (laughs) of both and uh, and you know you know, since we did meet up and we've spoken a bunch uh, over the summer that that politics played a big role It's small town or local politics played a big role in the fact that uh, I've been placed back in the classroom this year. But anyway. I'm I'm going off on a tangent. Here here's my question. Here's my question to you. Based on the question that you ask people, what have you found out? What have you been able to kind of um, surmise? Let's say from all of the responses you've gotten
0: and those conversations that you've had with me and other guests. A lot of fear. <laughs> um, I I've become increasingly concerned by the responses to question number one, and always question number one is met with almost immediate silence. Or something to the effect of, wow, that's a really big question. And then it, it, I listen as guest after guest, and I'm 60-something episodes in at this point to the podcast. And uh, guest after guest kind of verbally thinks through what might be the biggest problem in education. And what I've come to realize is that for the vast majority of my guests, not only have they never been asked that by anybody before, but they've never really put a lot of thought into it. And the reason I say that is I think we can all point to some things that are wrong. I mean, certainly we can, at a given day of our job, be like, man, that was annoying, that was annoying, that was annoying, that was annoying. And But what I don't think we do enough of is really have that big conversation to look at what is really wrong in education and what is the root of those problems you know someone like you who says politics for example you know you you are one who you kind of started with a problem and then sort of explained the the 9 million consequences of that problem but even once we know that it's it's still the question of okay but then what level of politics is really the problem and is it the federal is it the local is it just the internal between human beings at a school of politics does that cause those issues and and when you really start to dig deep we don't really have a consensus on what's wrong with education we all can it's, name about 100 funny. things
1: yeah no i was gonna ask you that i don't mean to, to cut you off sorry about that but um I've, I've heard you say that before and so i definitely wanted to bring it up like 60 something episodes into your podcast and And in the experiences that you've had, I've heard you say this before, so I don't want to take the words out of your mouth. But it sounds like, or seems like, you never really get the same answer more than once, or or at least not too many times, right? You
0: you really don't. I mean, if you start to generalize, you know, you get a repetition of things like funding and things like politics, and you you get some big ideas that are repeated, but everyone comes at them from a different direction. Um, And and, you know, for the first. 30 or 40 episodes of the show, genuinely, I didn't get the same answer twice really at all. And now we're starting to get to the point where 60 something in, we're starting to get some, you know, like, okay, well, it's probably, you know, once you dive in and dig into it, you might get to politics, or you might get to funding, or you might get to social stigma or testing. Um, but then even then, all of those things are still connected. So even once someone starts to think it through, they realize like, okay, well, maybe it is politics, but then it could be this. Um, and, and what I think happens is we have this, this system that we At varying levels of agreement, agree has problems. Some people would tell you it's fully broken. Some people would say it just has issues. Some people would say it hasn't been updated. Whatever you want to say, we have this system that definitely has at least some problems. But we can't begin to tackle them until we can at least figure out what some of them actually are. And not in these generalized conceptual terms, but to be able to really point to the problems in education. And I don't think we're doing that yet.
1: The Leader of Learning Podcast is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, the Education Podcast Network, podcasts for educators, podcasts by educators. For more great podcasts, visit edupodcastnetwork.com. The Leader of Learning Podcast is also a proud member of Voice Ed Radio, changing the way you talk about education. To listen to more great education content, please visit voiceed.ca. dot Here's what I wanted to ask you. It it goes along the lines of of problems in education. I don't know how much you saw of it, but... Of course, being uh, pretty big on Twitter, I, I saw and, and still continue to see a little bit some, I don't really know the right word. I guess the best way I can put it is uh, is pushback on some of those uh, more followed educators who are on Twitter and, and all over social media. And I think there are sometimes sentiments out there on social media that some teachers or educators in general are kind of um, either complaining about the profession too much or... Um maybe just being a little too negative. I'll give you an example. Uh, I guess here's what I'm getting at. So there was a a little while back, there was a thing about teachers who on Sunday night before they have to go back on Monday or the end of a break, a long break where they have to go back, kind of talking about how, you know, they don't want to go back and they're putting that out there and other people are criticizing it. I, I think all what I'm trying to say here in all of this is, do you think educators complain about education too much or is this just, part of what we signed up for? Is it part of us trying to really legitimately improve education? What do you think?
0: I think we complain a lot. Um, I think it's easy to complain. I think that the bigger what I've talked to when I talk to people about this is because I think it's easy to go into the staff room, for example, and just like, oh, my God, little Johnny drove me crazy today. Or I can't believe the principal made us do this. Or did you hear what the president's doing? Or, you know. Betsy DeVos or whatever, like, I, you know, those kinds of things pop up. But I think that's all surface level complaint. What I think we have a problem with in education, and and let me be clear: venting is valuable. There is need to vent. I think our profession gets a bad rap a lot of times, and one of the biggest struggles I deal with is the fact that we spend ninety percent of our day with teenagers, and teenagers are mentally deranged in a lot of ways. So it's really <laughs> unhealthy to spend as much time as we do with them. Um, and, and like, it's not their fault; they're just not fully developed human beings yet. So it's you know, it's really easy to lose track of your sanity when that's the majority of people you work with. Um, but it's important event, but I think what we don't have in education, I think there's a general belief that as teachers, we're powerless to fix any of the problems because the problems are so far above us that there's not much to do. And I think, Having worked in the business sector previously, when you have a problem with the way your your business is being run, that your job is functioning, you have a direct supervisor who you can go to. And if they don't do the fix the problem, they have a direct supervisor, and they have a direct supervisor. And in a giant corporate structure, yes, the CEO or someone to that level is pretty high up, but there are chains and processes in place to deal with issues and problems in that system. And ultimately, that system can't continue to function if it's genuinely broken in a fundamental kind of way you know, the business will shut down or whatever else. But for what we have, if you want to follow up the chain, eventually you end up to politicians who represent not just education, but millions of human beings in a general area with different needs and agendas. And we can't get to them in a meaningful way to actually address the major issues in our system. And the people at that level have very little comprehension of what it is that their underlings, as it were, actually do. They don't understand education to address the issue. So I think there's a general powerlessness to teachers who just feel like, well, this is the way it is, and we're going to do the best we can in the system we have. And we might complain about it behind closed doors in the meantime and commiserate over the fact that we have to go back to work on Monday.
1: That's really well said. And, and, Part of what you were saying, uh, I kept thinking in my mind that my answer was the right answer. I said politics, but uh, no everybody everybody's answer is different. I get that, and, and uh, it, it's it's personal, you know. And I think um, I think one of the things that that I've learned, and you kind of alluded to this before when you said like there are sometimes some really general like big ideas when it comes to the the issues in education, but um, I think at the end of the day, it's it's pretty personal and and individual uh, to each educator each guest on your show all that stuff all right let me let me switch gears for a second because uh we've talked about the the question that you ask your your podcast guests we've talked about some issues in education um one of the things that i I wanted you to kind of bring light uh, during this conversation to is your isti ignite talk which also dealt with this kind of issue but your idea behind the big q in in edu can you talk about that a little bit
0: yeah, absolutely. So my um, my ignite talk was was really driven by the conversation we're having here as as the results of that first question of my podcast. Um, and and like I said in there, what continued to bother me wasn't the answers people gave me; it was the fact that no one had asked them that before. Um, and I think it it started to make me realize, and, and kind of like you just said, it started to make me realize that there's a there's a reason, or there there has to be a reason, but we don't have those big conversations. It becomes Tedious and frustrating to other teachers, and the edu rock stars or the people with the huge followings—they are, you know, bashed or attacked if they try to be honest and real. And you know, then they're also attacked when they're being overly positive. And if you post on Facebook, then you have a ton of you know fellow educator friends that, man, I really don't want to go back to work on Monday. I'm these kids are stressing me out. You're gonna get a mixed bag of responses of, yeah, I'm right there with you, and yeah, but you're doing it for the kids, and it's okay, and that's what the job is, and you knew what you signed up. Up for. And, you know, all of those kinds of things. And even non-educators, we get that same pressure. I think they, people worry that that teachers are being too negative, that we're viewed as being negative. So we're afraid to have those conversations. And so my Ignite talk really focused on exactly that. Like I, it was a call to action, a, a plea for educators to start to have real powerful conversation and to try to dive into what the real genuine problems in education are. And not in that general, like, well, we all know politics sucks but in a more genuine, direct, okay, the reason we have an issue is that our board of education at the state level is does not have a single educator on it. We need to do something to fix that problem. Who can run? How can we address? Who can build a following? What can we do to get someone in that position? And actually start to talk about direct, real, concrete problems, and then inevitably lead to how do we address those? What do we do to solve those problems? Um, and those are the kinds of things that I was really hoping to sort of ignite some people, with that part of my pun, to uh, sort of act on and think about, because I think that's what we really need.
1: So is there a preferred uh, method or place or or social media to, to have those conversations? Like how do you envision those conversations happening?
0: So we have some action on the hashtag. It's thebigqinedu.com, or not .com, sorry. Uh, the hashtag is thebigqinedu you. Um, and then we also have the big Q and edu.com where you can directly submit your suggestion for what the biggest problem is. And you can kind of share out some of the things that are going on. You know, if you go to the big Q and edu.com, you can directly submit. I think this is the biggest problem in education. Um, there's some share buttons and I'm putting up the video of my Ignite session as well, uh, you know, as a, as a call to action to really start to have these conversations. And You know, I'd like to see that people are doing that and talking about it and moving that needle forward. Because right now, you know, we all kind of see. I think that things aren't perfect, but I don't really know that I see anybody trying to fix it at a at a at a state level or global level or you know, and I'd like to see some change. I'd like to see a conversation if nothing else, because I think that's at least the first step.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I would love to see that as well. And and I would love to encourage uh, any of my listeners to, to go ahead and do that and start doing that uh, if you haven't already. And, and uh, yeah, begin to really delve into some of these issues and, and maybe who knows, we'll see, you, you know, instead of sitting back and feeling sort of helpless that, you, your, your little self can actually do more to solve the problems or at least to, uh, to help them get a little bit better. Uh, maybe, maybe you can, you know, maybe in some small way, um, or in your own way you can. Uh, all right, before we go, one more question I have for you, and it's not about the the question that you ask about issues in education, but it's more about the question you ask about who is your favorite teacher. <laughs> what are you finding out there? What, what Are there trends to what people say or are, are you finding that um, the best teachers come from a certain level of education? I'm just really curious.
0: Um this may—I haven't actually tracked this one, but this could just be my own personal bias uh, as a former English teacher. But it feels like English is the most common subject. Um, but again, that could just be my personal bias. I just think that's true. Um, but what I see more often than anything is—it's—it's it's the things that make someone remember a teacher, the things that make you think back on a teacher and say, "Oh, that's the greatest teacher I ever dealt with." are almost never, and I can only think of maybe one exception, um, they're almost never the content. They're almost never that, oh, this teacher helped me, Mr. Smith helped me pass the end of course exam or the state standardized test, or I got the good SAT score because of so-and-so. It's always those teachers Who made their student or made my guest feel like a person who mattered, who had value, who had a real opinion that was worth listening to? Um, It was always that teacher that did something beyond the content. Um, And that's always what people bring up. They don't ever come to me and say, like, oh, greatest teacher was my high school biology teacher because i will never forget how to combine nucleic acids and understand how ribosomes work or i don't even know if that's a thing but like i don't (laughs) actually my high school biology teacher is one of my favorite teachers of all time and i don't i just made up garbage about biology so clearly that is not why she's my favorite teacher um you know but i think that's that's the thing is it's those human moments that make the greatest teachers as far as we're concerned
1: yeah yeah that's awesome i mean um I actually can't remember who I said was my favorite teacher when I came on the show, but uh, but I know who it is and and just like you said, it uh, it has a little bit to do with the the content, but more to do with sort of the experiences uh, that were created around the content that really is what made for me uh, made my favorite teacher my favorite teacher. And to be honest, that's you know, now being back in the classroom again uh, in my career, it's really what I'm trying to do is to create those those really memorable experiences around the content in, in the classroom so uh yeah anyway uh man it's good stuff uh we we're, we're out of time already I know we could talk forever and, and we have before we but, have plenty uh, of time. <laughs> but not but not this time my friend um listen, thank you so much um you know guys go out there and, and check out Brad. and he's just about to tell you where you can find them on social media and the website and and all that stuff go ahead.
0: Yeah, I'm uh, at Brad Schreffler, S-H-R-E-F-F-L-E-R. There's no C in there, even though that's what people always want to do. But I'm at Brad Schreffler. I'm bradschreffler.com. And I'm one of very few Schrefflers. So I shouldn't be too hard to find. So, uh, But I'm always around. And then the Planning Period podcast available on iTunes and Google Play and whatever podcasting app you use.
1: Great, man. Uh, listen, thanks again for your time. Uh, I appreciate your thoughts and, uh, and your expertise when it comes to the, the big Q and EDU and those issues that are out there. So thanks again. Anytime, Dan. My thanks again to Brad for coming on and joining me as a guest on this episode. Again, Brad has an amazing podcast of his own called The Planning Period Podcast, of which I've been on as a guest, and I'm hoping to come back soon to do another episode where we review a a movie and put our spin on the educational aspects of that movie. So stay tuned for more information about that. But just to recap again, just asking what the big question is is great, And it's an opportunity for educators to come together and get on the same page about what it is that could be changed in education. And of course, we don't want it to be a venting situation or where people come and they just get out their frustrations. Ideally, people who have issues with education are going to maybe try and find ways to help solve those issues. So as we wrap up here, I just want to encourage you to not only delve into what, in your opinion, might be the big Q in EDU, or what could be changed about education, but to certainly get out there and find ways to change that. For me, my passion has become growth mindset and leadership and studying how leaders can be better at inspiring a growth mindset and change efforts on the part of classroom teachers and to reduce or minimize the amount of resistance to change that exists in teachers. I'm out there trying to find ways to solve that, and definitely stay tuned for more information about it. But I'd love to hear from you too about how you're getting out there and trying to change the world of education. Thanks again for listening, guys, and we'll see you next time. Well, that's a wrap on this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't done so yet, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite way to listen. Also, if you like what you heard, please recommend this podcast to other educators, leaders, friends, or anyone you think would love listening and learning. And don't hesitate to leave a positive review on iTunes or whatever service you use to listen. For more information, head over to leaderoflearning.com. There you can also find the Leader of Learning blog, ways to connect on social media such as Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Boxer. sign up for our newsletter, and even how to purchase Leader of Learning merchandise. Thanks again, and remember, no matter who you are or where you are, you too can be a Leader of Learning.